What's up you guys? Welcome back to another segment of Chats with Kath with me, Kath. So buckle up, sit down, get comfortable, get a cup of tea. I think this is going to be a very long episode because I have a guest speaker, my little sister, Chicken. Hey, give me a minute. I'm sending you the video so I can start the voice recording. Give, give me a minute. How are you sending me the video when you're recording? It is. It's, I've I've used the iPad recorder before. Yes, it's recording. Are you sure? <laughs> yes, I am sure it is recording. And then I'm about... you know how sad it will be for you to like do this live. And she is going to be joining me on this journey of discussing growth from grief and the shared grief experience that she and I have shared. So I hope you enjoy this episode. I hope you learn from it, take from it. Hey, maybe let's discuss it a bit more because we've all been through a lot. Pandemic, recession, the world is crashing. It's just a mess. Earth is just a mess. Okay. okay. Please introduce yourself and tell everybody who you are to me. Okay. Hello, my name is Chingatanya Brun and I'm Catherine's youngest sister. Okay. Yeah. And you're a student. Oh, I'm a student. I'm 20. Yeah, I'm 20. You're 20? Look at my stash, Shadi. But yes, I'm 20 years old. Turning 21 in June. So I will <laughs> also link my account details in the bio for money. So, chicken. Um. <coughs> Today we're going to be discussing um, our shared experience of um, us navigating grief. So in this portion of the podcast, I we're going to be discussing our brother. So he's my younger brother um, who passed away in 2020. And then it's Chingatai's older brother. And yeah, so please tell me like a brief experience, a brief <laughs> Please, can you go into detail and tell us, like, what has your experience through this shared grief experience been like for you? Like, from your perspective, like, what was it like when we found out that, like, our brother passed away? Oh, wow. Okay, I'm not gonna lie. It was genuinely a roller coaster of emotions for me. Because when he had passed away, there was a lot going on at the time in terms of the fact that I was in matric and I was writing prelims and it was also during the COVID era. So I had COVID, so obviously I couldn't visit him because I was under quarantine. So yeah. then it was just a lot seeing everything happen. And yeah. it was very surreal in the experience that it didn't feel like he had gone because when yeah. he before he left my last words to him were try like promise me you're not gonna die try not to yeah. die and he's like yeah i promise and stuff like that and that's like the last sentence i've ever had with him yeah. in general so i can imagine like for you it was just like like what the actual like you promised kind of thing and i'm sure you're feeling extremely like in denial in like um in a state of shock that like you just didn't know what to do with yourself because you were just like what is happening here and in a sense like you also had to like step up as well and you grew up like quicker than most people like your hair turned white overnight you know 
because uh, you ended up taking up a lot of like responsibilities and being like an emotional clutch for a lot of people, like our parents included, um, and also for other peeps, you know, like our cousins who are very close to him as well. That must have been like, that's a lot to take on considering like what you, what you were going through. Like, yeah, tell us what were you going through? Oh, wow. Um, I would say that it was like a roller coaster of emotions because obviously like I had to put my guard up when everything was happening because I saw that like nobody was in the right mind or in the right space to do everything. So like I knew that like usually when it's like that, Taco was the one to like take care of everything. And I'm like, okay, since he's not here, you know, I'm the one that had to make the calls. I'm the one that had to write the emails and everything. And I'm the one that had to actually call my own school and speak to them yeah. about what was going on. And they were surprised that I was the one that called them and obviously, like, not yeah. my parents. You know, so it's very strange for them to, like, hear, oh, yeah, I can't come to school. Why? Oh, yeah, no, you see, my brother passed on. So, like, there's a lot going on right now. Yeah. So yeah, they was like, is this a joke? I'm like, no, I sent the death certificate. And they're like, wow. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. And, and like, what was that for you? Because as you guys um, are determining, Chengitai was actually in matric when all this was happening. And we were in mid-pandemic. Um, yeah, no, it was crazy. And didn't he like... <laughs> I know it's not funny, but it is funny to me. I'm such an older sibling and I'm horrible, but... It's funny because he was your date to your metric dance on Zoom. I will never forget. <laughs> hey, man. He, 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 was, he was like a lot, a very bubbly person. And I couldn't yeah. have any boys. And the only boy in the house was my brother. So I'm like, hey, man, killed two birds with one stone. You think dad would have done no, but um, no. <laughs> my friends loved him though. I can say like a majority of my friends that did get the privilege of meeting yeah. him felt like he was an older brother to him as well. So like obviously when I told them the news, they were crying. They were upset. They even yeah. joined like the um live stream for his funeral and everything because he had mm. built such a connection with them that. It didn't feel like, oh, no, that's like Chengitai's brother. They could be like, okay, this is like Taku. We know yeah. who he is and this stuff like that. my brother, too. Yeah. I, yeah. I can, like, attest the same. Like, um, he was so ingratiated in, like, both our lives. And he was quite close with, like, a lot of my friends, too. And to them, like, they also felt like, oh, my gosh, we just lost a younger brother in retrospect. Because there was also a time... He used to work with me like he was interning here and it was so much fun for him. Like he had the best time. I think if people were to remember anybody working from where, where I was, um, they would remember him, not me. Yeah. <laughs> and that is the truth. And yeah, no, like I think that was like the first stage of grief, like for you you were in like denial and for me i was in like shock because i was just like what is happening and you stepped up like on an emotional level where you were busy supporting other people's emotions not yours 
And then with me, I was like in shock because I was just like, what is happening? And then having to do things like go to home affairs, get his ID um, canceled. Like that was a triggering experience for me because they make it seem so final. Like they cut it up and everything. And you're just like, they like, you feel like you just got shots. And yeah. yeah, like I was just in shock and that was horrible. So like, that was like, you know, the first stage of grief for both of us. I was more angry at him than I was yeah. sad because yeah. Aaron was like crying. Like, obviously I did cry, I'm not inhumane. Like I did cry, yeah. but like during 2020, throughout 2020, I was genuinely angry at him and everything that happened because i even remember like when you lose a loved one you get like these feelings like you get dreams and stuff like that and i remember i had a dream about him i think this was one of the very first dreams i started having about him and then in the dream he was just apologizing to me he's like no i'm sorry i didn't mean to stuff like this wasn't supposed to happen and obviously like i was like still in denial i'm like no you broke our promise and stuff like that and like i was like still being mad at him in the dream obviously i resolved the situation in the dream because that would be trauma Mm -hmm. if i didn't but like at that time i was very very angry with him and the fact that his spirit knew that i was angry and had to come and physically tell me that of how sorry he was it was it kind of changed how i felt like okay he did care okay what happened happened because you know human nature and yeah yeah no for sure I mean, this goes into like the second stage of grief, like, um, like you felt like pain and I think I felt more guilt because like, I felt like I wasn't really there for, um, our parents the way they wanted me to. I kind of just like went into self-isolation and I'm a naturally introverted person. So obviously my my response to everything was like flight fight and flight like i just disappeared into the ether and like with you like you felt like a lot of pain because you were taking on everyone's emotions amongst everything else going on with you it was very it was very very frustrating because in that moment it wasn't a thing of i'm not gonna lie i didn't really get to enjoy my matric the way i wanted to like obviously like the beginning of matric was amazing it felt so free you know before covid and everything like i was having so much fun with friends i was living my best life and then obviously like all these events are happening and now i feel like i'm at this stagnant point in life where like okay i'm still trying to be a kid I like enjoy what's going on. I'm trying to enjoy being 18. I just turned 18. I'm trying to enjoy like mm. finally being legal. And I couldn't because then I'm yeah. like, okay, I need to be in his emotional support manual to my mom, to my dad, to my sister, to all these family members. Because every single day I would wake up, I would wake up to everyone crying around me. I'd be the one having to get ready and stuff like that, which is why I also had to learn how to drive early so that i could drive myself to school because people weren't in the right mind space to even take Mm -hmm. me to school so like there was like a lot going on that i had to endure at such a young age well not a young age i was an adult but like at the speed at which was happening it's such a traumatic experience especially like in such a formidable time of your life and like i remember like when this happened um you were in the midst of like exams and everything 
And I remember like your school was just like, hey, if Chingatai cannot handle exams this year, she can take them next year. And you're like, shut that. <laughs> I'm not doing matric again. <laughs> I'm not doing matric again. Like you powered through that. You're like, if there's anything, despite what has happened this year, I'm going to finish matric. <laughs> Yeah, no, I'd already taken so many L's and for the older people out there that don't know what an L is, an L is when you take a loss. Yes, my generation doesn't say L, loss, we say L. We took an, an L, right. So, I took a lot of L's that year and one L I refused to take was to repeat my trick. I knew that Taco wouldn't want me to repeat my trick. I, I didn't have it in me to go through matric again, having to write those essays and the portfolios and everything. And it was just, it was just too much that I had to put up even a further wall up in myself to make sure like, okay, right now we're shoving down every single ounce of emotion. And yes, I know that was unhealthy, but I needed to do that in order to focus on my books as much as I could to get as far as I could. That makes sense. And you, and you sense. did, like, you passed and, like, your bride, you were so happy and you did so well in, like, some subjects as well. Like, no, listen, you passed. <laughs> you I, passed did. I didn't pass the way I wanted to, you know. I didn't, yeah. I didn't, I like, look at this girl who's being an overachiever. She wanted, like, four distinctions, but, like, you did get, like, two, so you're fine. <laughs> I'm, I'm happy where I'm at now. In the beginning, I wasn't. It was, yeah. But yeah. I'm happy where I am now. Yeah. What about, like, I think we touched on this. It was for the third stage of grief, which was, like, anger and bargaining. And mm -hmm. would you say that um, you felt, like, would you say that, like, you felt, like, where were you on the spectrum? Were you angry and bargaining well, I, I think you would be more angry because, like, obviously, you being a crazy Gemini, like, Takura made you a promise and then he broke it. And you felt rage. And with me, because I was guilty and feeling like I wasn't there for you and stuff like that. Like, you did you feel I felt like I was bargaining a lot. Like, um, I, I would say that, like, I would let, like, family members and you get away a lot more with a lot of things like uh pretty much letting you do whatever you wanted whenever you wanted because i was just like i mean she's already lost so much just give it to her kind of thing i mean it was anger i wouldn't say i was bargaining more yeah. i didn't really have anything to like compare with in that time besides like I don't know. A lot, a lot changed. A lot changed my perspective and how I did a lot of things. But I was still very, very angry and annoyed. Yeah. And I think I only started experiencing sadness in twenty twenty one. That's when I actually started being like actually sad. I think that's when I actually properly started grieving. Because yeah. I didn't allow myself to grieve in that time period that was appropriate to people. Because obviously grief is a spectrum. Grief can, it doesn't go overnight. It's very, very long. But yeah. I felt like I didn't grieve when other people were grieving. And I grieved at a different time, which did affect me. And it did affect 
the friendships and the family relationships that I had because I I am a very bubbly person. I am a very energetic person. And during that time, I was just quiet. I was so closed off. I didn't speak to people. I didn't want to go outside. I really didn't want to do anything but be in my own space, which is worrying, obviously, for mom and dad. Because they're like, she's usually outside. She's usually not home. Why? Why is she home? You know? So that was also kind of weird. So I think the bargaining per se that I did was to like be alone. I wanted to be alone a lot of the time. Yeah, yeah. I can understand. That goes into like the fourth stage of grief, which was like depression, you know, and like almost like that loneliness and isolation that you're feeling. And like I can def I could definitely tell that you were struggling and I could definitely tell that like you were like really withdrawn and you're such a bubbly extroverted person. So you you were quite withdrawn in 2021. And yeah, thank God for like the family members and like the friends you had as well. And me <laughs> um, coming in just to like, you know, try like, you know, show you that there was more to live for kind of thing. Cause I think like you were feeling so lonely and so depressed and you felt like you did not know where to go. And that was sad. It's heartbreaking. And as an older sister, like I, I, I just, because I've been caring for you for so long and um, looking after you for so long. Um, unfortunately for me, I still feel like I'm responsible for you. <laughs> so I definitely wanted to be there for you in, during that time. I mean, yeah. Not you yawning. I'm. I'm really. I'm genuinely so tired. School is is very frustrating. But I have an off day, so yay. yeah. Um, but yeah. besides that, um, depression. I wasn't really a depressed person. Let me not lie to you, because I think I became depressed because of my situation, and mm -hmm. I knew what depression was, and I saw it happen with my friends and what they would go through, the type of depression yeah. they had. And then when I had finally experienced it myself, it was a thing of like, whoa, it was, it was, it was a shock because I didn't really have mental health issues to the point that I would need, um, to go to a psychologist or yeah. go to get medication. Obviously when I had my mental health issues, it was a thing of like, I allowed myself to feel what I was feeling and yeah. experience everything like that but it wasn't anything serious to the point that i actually needed professional help yeah. and when i did become depressed there'd be days where i wouldn't eat and i was during covid so i needed to eat to take my medication and i wouldn't yeah. eat and you mom would like wait that time mom would like force me to eat she's like i need to eat if i need this, if i want this medication to work because at the same time yeah. covid was quite serious it was actually quite scary because i couldn't breathe i couldn't move there was a lot yeah. going on when that first strain was hectic it's not as like <laughs> painful as like the other strains but yeah. like at that time it was just like so still new to everyone and yeah. me being stubborn and not eat i wouldn't say stubborn but me not having the will to like eat. a balanced diet yeah it kind of made mom <laughs> like more worried than she really was because she's like okay I just I lost my child, child you know, and now my yeah. other child is in here eating. She's not getting any better. And like mom went through a lot of stress having to carry 
a lot. Mom had to carry a lot of things. Both mom and dad actually had to carry a lot of things. I remember dad also wasn't that present at the time as well because mm. he was trying to do anything and everything that he could to like still be able to provide for us. At the same yeah. time, grieve his son, and at the same time, constantly keep his himself busy so that he wouldn't have to like sit and be like, "Shit, this this is happening. This is what's going on." Yeah. Uh, he Dino was stuff. very busy, and like I think, mom was lucky in the sense that, not lucky, but I think, yeah. I think the person who had the 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 opportunity to like fully grieve and like go through all that like that whole process and everything um was mom in a way and i think like we kind of just like stamped down on like our own thoughts and feelings in terms of how to manage the whole thing and listen there's some days where like bursts of grief will come through and i'll be feeling sad especially closer to the time he passed and closer to his birthday and closer to um christmas time because like those were his favorite periods so yeah, yeah it wasn't easy i like i like the fact that we still think about him because there were times mm. where like i would forget him like i know that sounds so bad and so terrible yeah. but like there would be days where i'm like wait what does he look like again and stuff like that mm. and like that would be like so scary because i'm like how can i forget what my you brother forget. looks like you know it's yeah. been like i've known him for all my life and it just took me one day to forget what he looks like and yeah. i always took that as a cue for my brain to like you know like go through happy memories and not the sad memories mm. because even when i went oh, to my psychologist great. about everything that was going on it was funny it was funny because she's like you've been through like so much you've gone through hell and back and you're standing yeah. here and a lot of people when they know what i went through they ask me how have you not like you know like off yourself you know like you just like you know oh gosh and like and like it that shows like, testament to like your own inner strength as well. And I'm yeah. so proud of you because like, honestly speaking with everything that was going on, like you had been through the most of the most, like yeah. you felt like God signed you up for a war you didn't subscribe to. And you're just like, when did I sign up? <laughs> like, I honestly, um, but then you and pulled know, through like and you definitely pushed yourself to come out from the other side and that actually goes into i think we already spoke about like the the fifth stage of grief which is depression and reflection and like now going into like the upward turn like the whole reconstruction of life and like going into the last stage of grief as well acceptance and hope like you really it took a long time i'm not saying like this happened a long uh, happened overnight but it took a long time for you to turn things around and um choose life choose to eat your youth choose I mean, cho I like to eat. enjoy your life and everything because you know he was such a full of life person and he loved life he loved all these other adventures and things like that and like i'm so appreciative of like being his big sister and appreciative yeah. of you being my younger sister because you guys honestly 
I think um, looking after you and <laughs> taking care of you and getting to know you as individuals definitely made me a better person. You know, it taught me to share, it taught me the value of friendship and it taught me the value of like um, family, like through the two of you. I know people are like, what about your parents? Yes, but like, you know, <laughs> parents are there you know and like they kind of put you together with like the set of people for life like kind of didn't have a choice so they taught me that <laughs> I needed to like grin and bear it and like make it work with the two of you and yes. I'm grateful for it I'm grateful I'm, I'm grateful, grateful that I had two elder siblings I mean when people find out that I have siblings, it's actually funny because they're wait, you have you have siblings? I'm like, yes, I have an older sister and I had a brother, and they're like, what? You give only child vibes, you know? And I'm like, no, I'm the last born. They're like, oh, okay, that kind of, that kind of makes it, that kind of cancels up. I'm like, okay, but then how old's your sister? And I'm like, we have like a twelve year difference, and they're like, wait, what? And I'm like, yeah, my my sister, she raised me, yeah. She's fine. You're fine, right? I'm, You're fine. I'm okay. You know, my sister 12 years, my brother 9 years, you know, I just, I'm just here vibing out. They're like, how come you don't, like, show that you have siblings? And I'm like, how does one show that you have, a, like, I must wear a shirt, I am a only, I'm a lost born with two siblings. That doesn't make sense. It doesn't, doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. Whatsoever. It, it doesn't, really make, doesn't sense. make sense. And that's okay. But yes, to yeah. everybody else that doesn't know, I have two siblings. Right? I have a sister <laughs> and I had a brother. And I am the lost born. It's just I talk a lot. I'm I'm a I'm a puppy. I papa a lot, so yeah. That's why it's a You're so wild. Oh, You're so wild. wild. I'm just I'm I'm unique. <laughs> I'm I'm unique. Yeah. yeah, you are. That's definitely true. Lynn, going into we're about to close off now, like, what do you wish you could have done differently in your grief journey? Uh, I would have allowed myself, like, like number one, number one, I would have allowed myself to grieve when yeah. I felt was appropriate at that time when everyone was sharing their emotions. I wish I had grieved in that moment because it did come back to bite me um, in like 2021 and last year where like I'd be doing things like I remember it was so hard for me to see other people with their brothers that I couldn't really like register that like I felt envious of them or like whenever they were like speak mm. down on their brothers and stuff like that like i would get so worked up because i'm like at least you have one you know at least you can still do this at least you still have yeah. somebody to like look out for you and then like people would wonder why am i getting so worked up you know like this is just like how we are this is how siblings react and stuff like that mm. and then be a thing of like i don't have that anymore and there are mm. family members out there that are like brotherly figures to me obviously but nobody but, will be my brother the way he was my brother. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. And yeah. then, like, well, I think you've already answered this, like, what grief has taught you. But, like, let's close off with what three lessons would you depart in your uh, grief journey and your growth? Uh, oh, wow. Um, number one, it's okay to be vulnerable. It is genuinely okay to be vulnerable, but um, 
be careful of who you're vulnerable to i know that kind of sounds mm. contradictory but like it's okay to be vulnerable in general to like your loved ones yeah. and to friends that care about you but also sometimes when you're being vulnerable <laughs> to the wrong people and you don't know that they're the wrong people they tend to yeah. not care at all what you're going through or what what is happening to you because they're only with you for their own self gain they're not there with you in general because life is i say life is like an elevator there's people that are going to bring you up there's people that are going to bring you down and certain people are just going to get off at their next stop when they serve their purpose to you and then number two lesson number two would be go go to therapy guys their therapy is not what people think it is life you know it's not like oh no i'm going to therapy and it's not a bad thing they genuinely help people they got degrees to help you get through things and don't hold back on things because i know a lot of people depending on their culture or their beliefs or their mindset they think oh no therapy is like why do i need to speak to other people for help it's like you you need help (laughs) ma'am if you think you're okay if you think you're not okay you're not gonna be sometimes your brain your brain is a powerful thing it is a very very powerful thing and if you're feeling depressed or sad or angry and feel like your feelings aren't being validated and you are hating on yourself for that you yeah. need a, you need you need to think about seeing a therapist buddy because it's um that's not healthy that's that's not kids <laughs> it's kind of kind of worrying if you yeah me. it's like you need a therapist ma'am yeah. sir whatever i think and what's the final thing that um you'd want to depart uh, final thing, a lesson and growth that I would take with me is that always, always remember your loved one and always live life with mm. them in a way like say obviously they're not there, but yeah. like still live your life like they're there so you don't feel like that empty void in you. Like visit mm. them, and if you feel like you never have any. You know? Yeah, if you feel like you have you don't have any motivation, like let's say you're studying for a test, you know, whether mm. it be an animal, whether it be a family member or friend, like if you're studying for mm. a test and you have no motivation, be like, I'm doing this for this person, I'm doing this for thing. Because sometimes you feel like you're doing things for yourself and you don't get that same mm. motivation, and having somebody yeah. else as your motivation could help you do better and just grow. And I realized that has actually mm. helped me grow a lot in the grief process even my head of department can speak for me in saying that i have grown so much from the beginning when i started in university to where i am now my mindset now how i am academically i definitely see it because like like from the type of person you were like i feel like from the beginning you kind of disassociated it was almost yeah. like your body was operating on autopilot and yeah. then to now where you've embraced and have accepted this is how it is now, but yeah. like you're not letting it cripple you and let it like define you and be like, that's the only thing. Because um, from my perspective, I was just like, oh my gosh, I should like, you know, take um, some lessons from little chicken here because like there was a point where 
um, my grief was like literally all consuming. Like I felt like I couldn't see anything beyond that. Like I felt like that girl who was like, it's like, you're the girl with the dead brother. And I was just like, why, why am I so hard? Look, I'm not even <laughs> gonna lie to you. To I'm not why even gonna lie so to you. To I'm like, going to expose my friend's father. I'm not gonna say which friend it is. If you know the story, <laughs> you know the story. I have a friend, my best friend, one of my best friends. And obviously, we know the Bob and Fathers. They are not great with remembering your name. So they remember <laughs> you based oh, on no. an event. Right, so whenever I go there and I say, hi, someone's dad. Let me say S. Hi, S's dad. How are you? They're like, hi. And then S would be like, dad, don't you remember Chicken Time? And who's Chicken Time? Like, you know Chicken Time. You mean the one with the dead brother? Okay. Hi. So I'm convinced her dad does not like me. But um, I, know, I know her mom adores me. But uh, I know it's all fun and games. And I know he doesn't mean it like that. He is genuinely just trying to create banter. But, um, but uh, like, yeah. you know, when it's like still raw, it's like, really, sir? <laughs> like, that's below the belt. No, he didn't do it when it was still raw. Shame, he didn't do it when it was still raw. It's just the thing of like, oh, yeah, you're the one, you know, the brother passed away. And I'm like, yeah, um, yeah, that's me. How but are like, you? Yeah, like, you know, that's how I, I was just in a cloak of like despair, it was yeah. horrible. And I'm so grateful for the family and friends that, like, were there for me and supporting me. And, like, you as well, because, like, you guys definitely helped me grow and, like, really see the life that's worth living. And, you know, because you know me, I travel quite a lot. And there was a point where I actually didn't travel for a certain period of time because of it, because I was just like, well, I don't want to go anywhere. What's there to celebrate kind of thing. Like I kind of just stopped living. And I think yeah. I've, I've grown from that. Like I've started living like from last year and yes, guys, it sounds wild, but like from last year, I felt I could start living and start being happy and start like living life for myself and like start making sure that I made sure I knew what was important to me, the people important to me, and have yeah. them around me kind of thing. So, like, you know, you, my parents, and, you know, my friends, like, you guys know who you are. Like, you guys have been there for me. Like, I cannot even tell you. Like, you've really helped me through this grieving process and helped me, like, really grow from this grief because, honestly, I think if I would, if there was one lesson I could impart was... Do not feel bad for feeling sad because yeah. for me, I felt like I was sad all the time. So I felt bad and I never spoke about it. And then people were like, no, you need to speak about it because we actually genuinely want to be there for you the way you yeah. are there for us. So, mm. yeah, it's wild. Yeah. Life is funny, guys. Life, life is full of interesting events. That's all I can say. At least we can talk about him without feeling perpetually sad all the time. Because yeah. I think, like, if we were to try talk about him, like, in 2020, 2021, it would not be the easiest thing to discuss. Like, we would just be in shambles. In shambles, shambles, shambles. But, like, now, whenever I think of him, I just think happiness. I just think of all the good times and I'm just very grateful that I had all those good times. 
I'm so grateful that I have people around me who love me and care for me. And yeah, cheerleading me on. And you too. I cheer you on, chicken. Huh? What? I cheer you on, chicken. Thanks. I'm here for you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, wow, guys. I just told my sister I loved her. She's like, I appreciate you. You know those people who are like, I love you? And then they're like, oh, thanks. <laughs> That's you know her. what's funny is that my friends, my friends actually get excited whenever I say I love you because I, usually when someone says I love you, I'm like, I share the same affection towards you. Not you being cold and emotionless like our brother. No, I'm not sure. Like, I'm a very, very bubbly person. Like, don't get me wrong. I am and a very... And that's hard for me to tell you that I care about you because you know I don't just tell people that I care for them. Yeah. You know I mean, I love you too. You know you know, I love you. I do, I genuinely, I do love you. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. I do love you. But I, mm-hmm. I'm just a nonchalant person. Like, I'm very bubbly and optimistic. But at the same time... Yeah. I'm like socially awkward and at the yeah. same time I'm like very <sighs> nonchalant. Well, how, well, how, do you, how do you feel like about your socially awkwardness? Like where do you think that came from? Do you think it came from my influence, Takura's influence, your parents? Um I'll say everybody, all of you kinda messed me up really, because I had to like <laughs> kind of watch all of you in a social sitting and it, it was awkward it, i don't know i mean yeah how mom and dad react to people they meet how you and Taku react to people you meet so with me like i i have i don't know my anxiety is very very weird like i have social anxiety but don't have social anxiety like yeah. when thinking of the event that i'm gonna attend or like that i'm gonna do i'll be so anxious and then the minute i get there i'm like hey and i'm like yeah you know and like it's like out the window like that social anxiety i was feeling is like out the window because i don't think i can go to a social event if there's not at least two people that i know yeah like not even know like oh yeah we met once don't speak to people i don't know period and like i think that's why you were just like (laughs) <laughs> you and Takura's like your friends and Takura's friends thought like I was an absolute B-I-T-C-H because this thing is going on YouTube so I don't want to be demonetized but there was a time where like um <laughs> Takura's friends you know who you are were Heil Hitlering me <laughs> in our, my own house <laughs> because of the stories Takura would tell them about me because they made it seem like I was no, evil but, incarnate. Like no, he was but, just like, you, you're my big sister, guys. She is the most evil. And the thing is, I think with the age differences that we have, and I think this can be another episode entirely, but like Takura and I were four years apart. So when I was in matric, he was in grade eight. And then he will never let people forget that I terrorized him and colluded with other metrics to terrorize him in grade eight whilst he was, uh, whilst I was in matric. And I'm like, I'm sorry. I, I am failing to see how I did wrong in society. Let me tell you why. 
first of all, you should look to your parents because of the age difference that we have, okay? Secondly, <laughs> it's not my fault that, like, you were in grade 8 and I was in matric, okay? It was just circumstantial. And thirdly, I feel like I was nice. Like, from all the horrible things that could have happened to you in grade 8, it didn't happen because I was in matric. But then now, there was a reputation about me where people thought like I was so mean. And then when they meet me, they're like, you lied. She's delightful. He's like, wait till the lights go out and you all yeah. go home. <laughs> yeah. No, that, that's true. Who tells a child? A child. I was a baby. I was still in primary. What a Cliff McClucky is. I don't know what the f- that is, but it traumatized it me up. till this day. People were actually be like, oh, no, the Tokoloshi, the Tokoloshi. I didn't care about the Tokoloshi because I was raised on whoever the hell Cliff McClucky was. And you were evil for telling me about that as a baby. They don't know, who, like, for context, you guys. Older siblings, I'm sure you guys have made up stories about fictional characters, okay, from your imagination to entertain yourselves. Uh, but then younger siblings, unfortunately, became victim to circumstance said stories. So the thing is, when I invented Cleef My Clockies, okay, I had no idea that these two would believe me for a whole decade. Let that sink Why in. Why would we not a believe? Decade. <laughs> a decade. They believed Why? my imaginary figment of my imagination who would terrorize children and because they didn't eat their vegetables or do their homework. That was that that was me parenting. Let that sink in. <laughs> That was me parenting. I had and they nights. believed me for a decade. <laughs> I had sleepless nights. Sleepless she couldn't nights. sleep because of this thing. And like at some point when I was just like, Cliff McClunkies is not real. And then she's just like, I felt like I had told her the Easter Bunny was a joke. I felt like I just told you that the Easter Bunny is not coming. And I was just like, but like, you're 10. How can you still believe in Cleef McClockies? <laughs> and Takra as well. Takra as well. He believed in Cleef McClockies until he was like 12. And then eventually he continued the charade until you were 10. So can you imagine how long this thing has been going on? <laughs> More than a decade. <laughs> The fact that when he was my age, he was still telling me this horrible thing that would come up my butthole and stop me from pooping because I didn't eat a carrot. That is what I had to live with. <laughs> I do I not take responsibility in you not questioning. In not questioning. What, like, for, for my four times table, that this thing would come and eat my and toes at night. Me. For 10 years, this girl believed me that this thing was real. 10 years. Evil. Real. Jail. That's why I have to say jail time. 
Jeez. Girl, bye. Well, thank you so much, Chicken, for coming onto my podcast. And thank you for sharing and exposing me in something that all older siblings dabble in, which is childhood trauma, <laughs> emotional damage. Um, but I think I have improved and evolved into being a better big sister. And I hope that we can move on from this and... I definitely will have Chingatai here again where we can do a part two of being an older sibling and she can tell me what it's like being a younger sibling. But thank you, chicken. I will love and leave you. And thank you so much for joining my podcast. You're welcome. You're still traumatized about Keith Montlocky. Yes. Yes. I'm ending my video. Okay, bye. (laughs) with that being said you guys go with god and see you soon in the next episode ciao